telling your neighbors you're pro cuddler on Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast. Hello, beautiful people. Tis I, Felicity. And as I record this, I'm probably still in Guam. Guam is such a beautiful island. And I know I default say it's such a beautiful country, even though it's technically a US territory, but fuck colonization. Anyways, I'm here to talk to you about whether or not your neighbors should know that you're a professional cuddler. And this is most applicable to people who cuddle their clients within their homes. I was inspired to do this episode when I came across this one blog. Literally this morning, I came across cuddlecareer.com. There's only, what, five blog entries? I believe the website is completely anonymous. I did not find any social media links for the writer or any email address or PO box or phone number, none of that. While I myself have never cuddled people within my home, I have considered getting an in-call. If I were to ever host within my home, I definitely would avoid doing that while I'm still renting an apartment from a landlord. To me, it just makes the most amount of sense to do that when you are a homeowner and preferably live in a neighborhood without an HOA. I don't know if other countries have their own equivalent of a homeowner's association, but one of the very first professional cuddlers I've ever met through Cuddle Comfort, she was cuddling people within her home. She told me that she was paranoid because what if she had to kick out a rowdy customer and he just made a scene and the neighbors got suspicious. The neighbors would call the cops on her because I guess in their minds, if a senior citizen is making a scene in front of a 39-year-old woman, then clearly it's the 39-year-old woman taking advantage of the poor 65-year-old man or whatever. And that sucks because one of the incentives to cuddling people within your home is that in theory, you're not going into someone else's booby-trapped house. You could take extra precautions to ensure that you're not being filmed or you're not being audio recorded. You would presumably know where everything is located so you could stash some self-defense weapons. I would hate it if I know I have a self-defense weapon within arm's reach and a client is violating my boundaries, but I'm too scared to defend myself within my own home because I don't want my neighbors to call the cops on me and possibly report me to my landlord and get me evicted. I don't know. So this blogger said that they started professionally cuddling in Boston. So she would instruct her clients to park on the street and she would meet them outside. But the thing is, she had roommates at the time and she wasn't telling them that she was professionally cuddling, which if I had roommates, first off, I would make sure I have roommates who are cool with me being a sex worker. And if I was bringing clients within our house, I would absolutely tell them. And so this person started getting weird looks from neighbors because they assumed that this professional cuddler was inviting strangers in to do sex work. So to ease their minds and her mind, she decided to be open with her neighbors. When we talk about coming out stories, we often hear stories about coming out to your parents, coming out to your best friend, your sibling, your significant other. I never hear about anyone, regardless of their profession, whether they're a sugar baby or a professional cuddler, coming out to their neighbors. A lot of the neighbors, surprise, surprise, were confused at first. She sent them links to her own website. If I were to come out to my neighbors, I definitely would not send people my links because I would be afraid of jealous housewives thinking that I'm trying to steal their husbands. After she sent her neighbors her website, she became known as the friendly neighborhood professional cuddler doing perfectly normal legal work. I like how the writer is pro-sex work and acknowledges that a lot of lingo within pro-cuddling comes from sex work, like out-call and in-call. In fact, this morning I found out some people use the term on-call? I've been professionally cuddling 
settling for years. I've never used on-call. I think an on-call doctor means that they work the graveyard shifts. I'm not a doctor. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong. So I did not know this before, even though I've been offering massages for quite some time now. The blogger says the inventor of the massage chair, David Palmer, did a lot of work to separate massage from sex work by setting boundaries, which is similar to what professional cuddlers are doing. And that reminds me of this one analogy that I read this morning. I'm not going to go into this article from The Sun on this episode for brevity's sake, but I was reading this one professional cuddler interview. The analogy she used comparing sex work and professional cuddling is if your car breaks and you need a new transmission, you don't take it to the car wash. There is nothing wrong with going to the car wash, but it isn't going to help fix your transmission. It's the same thing for cuddle therapy. Let me know if you want me to talk about that article on the sun. Oh my goodness. As I was recording this podcast episode, my super sexy tomorrow boyfriend got this amazing job opportunity in Portland tonight. So I guess our honeymoon is going to take a short detour and I will be sleeping in Oregon for the first time in my life. Unfortunately, it's only for one day. So it's probably too late to send me recommendations for strip clubs. But anyways, there's this one blog entry on cuddlecareer.com. The entry is titled Home Business. So this blogger was talking to another pro cuddler. Then they brought up where they cuddle their clients when they said that they cuddle clients in their own personal bed. The other pro cuddler was shocked. The blogger was sharing a three bedroom apartment with two other roommates. So they had no other space where they could cuddle their clients. And then the writer's boyfriend moves into the apartment. So those two are sharing a bedroom and then the former bedroom becomes their cuddling office. Her and her boyfriend moved into a one bedroom condo and so they would cuddle people in their home and they would kick out their boyfriend every single time a client would come over. I don't feel comfortable kicking out my boyfriend even when I'm on the phone with a client. I'm very proud of them because in June of 2021 they rented an official office. You know like a white collar office. I've never heard of a newbie pro cuddler doing this. According to this writer a lot of baby pro cuddlers will start renting out an office space just immediately and I think 19 year old me would innately know that's not a good idea. You would have to dedicate so much of your earnings just to paying for the rental space and that's not even including your living situation and the self-employment tax on top of that. The writer then dispels some I guess misconceptions about pro cuddlers who use their home slash bedroom as a cuddle space. Some might think that working out of their personal bedroom could unintentionally give it a sexual vibe. They believe that unless you have worn undergarments on the floor or lube or condoms or sex toys on display, it's a pretty large mental leap for people who know what pro cuddling is. I guess I can somewhat relate this to my preference for cuddling people in hotel rooms. I wouldn't be surprised if other pro cuddlers don't like cuddling in hotel rooms because hotel rooms have this one night stand atmosphere. But to me, hotel rooms are a neutral zone. It's not me going to someone else's house or someone going to my house. It's neutral. This blog writer says perhaps getting an in-call separate from your home would make you seem more professional. But I feel like a lot of people's in-calls are just another house, not necessarily an office building, but you could easily tell clients that your in-call is where you live. They conclude by saying in all caps, the IRS lets you write off a dedicated home space. If the government thinks it's perfectly acceptable to let people work out of their homes, why wouldn't we? Professional cuddlers, that is. I don't know what is the IRS equivalent 
for other countries, but here in the United States, the IRS stands for the Income Revenue Service. I gotta pay my taxes to the IRS or else they'll beat my kneecaps. <laughs> These articles made me think about intimacy and intimacy is something I've been familiar with before I took this one college course about intimacy within families. A lot of people's first impression of pleasure activism and intimacy is that these are sexually charged words. Intimacy is absolutely a scale. There are some things that are just too intimate for some people to do, but other people are they're totally okay with it. There are some dominatrixes who are like, pegging is too intimate. It's too romantic of an activity. I could only do it with someone I'm married to. Whereas, I mean, yes, it is very intimate. It can be very romantic when I peg a lover, but I also offer pegging in my domination sessions. Years ago, when I was still offering puss puss, I would never invite people into my house. I didn't have a car at the time, so I couldn't offer to do it in my car. Even if I had a family who was totally chill with me bringing over clients, whether it's for cuddling or other purposes, I wouldn't bring them home because my home is my sacred intimate space. The roof over my head and my car, those are sacred to me. They may not be intimate in the way that sex is very carnally pleasurable. I know some people may mean well when they say you should not professionally cuddle within your home. Everyone just has different risk profiles and comfortability levels when it comes to the intimate stuff they do and where and when and for how much. I love how professional cuddlers are desexualizing cuddling because it's absolutely something you can do without having sex prior. But I think we also gotta bring more nuance into intimacy. I sense that I need to bring the energy in this room back up. I'm considering starting, I don't know if it should be YouTube exclusive. I am currently writing scripts for a series for the life of me. I cannot right now think of a better title than how blank and blank intersect because I've already done a how polyamory and sex work intersects. So I want to cover more things like drug use, being formerly incarcerated, lacking public transportation, you know, all the things that people need to consider when it comes to the adult industry. The last time I checked, my most listened to episode of Pro Cuddle Hustle is so close to surpassing 100 listens. I do have over 900 downloads of all time. I'm looking very forward to the day I surpass a thousand total downloads. My analytics were provided by Buzzsprout. That is my hosting site. No one except for me can access this information, but 72% of my listeners are in North America, 22% are in Europe, 4% are in Asia, 3% of my listeners are in Australia and Oceania, but I have little to no information on that, unfortunately. If you're in Guam and you're listening to my podcast, don't be shy, say hi, I love you. And less than 1% of my listeners are in Africa and South America. So my top five countries are the United States, Ireland, Canada, France, and the United Kingdom. In North America, the top five countries that listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle are number one, the United States, then two, Canada, Mexico, El Salvador, and Jamaica. To my knowledge, the only two countries in South America that listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle are Brazil and Colombia. Bom dia to all the Brazilians listening, regardless of if you live in Brazil. 18 countries within Europe, I don't know if I should say the EU, listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle, which melts my heart. After Ireland, it's France, then the UK, then Germany, Serbia, Belgium, Czech Republic, Spain, Romania, and Switzerland. Oh, by the way, I do have infographics of my analytics on my Patreon and on Facebook and Twitter. Don't ask me about Instagram. I don't know why Instagram hates me, but I do have a hunch as to why they hate me and not other pro cuddlers. In Africa, the top five countries that listen to my podcast are number one, 
Cameroon, to Morocco, then South Africa, Tunisia, and Uganda. As for Asia, the number one country that listens is China, then India, Indonesia, Philippines, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Taiwan, and then last but not least, Bangladesh. I even have analytics for which cities out of all 50 states listen to my podcast the most. As for California, a majority of those who tune in are within the San Francisco Bay Area, my home. The reason why I checked my analytics within recent history is because I've been applying to several sex toy companies to become an affiliate partner. I've yet to become an affiliate partner with any of them, but I was surprised by some of the information I uncovered. I've had my Twitter for several years now, and I only became active on it after, what, seven months of me having a Twitter. Within the past month, my tweets have earned about 100,000 impressions. My highest was 5.4K in one day. That is unfathomable to me. Well, listeners, now would be a wonderful, great time to give shout outs. Shout out to everyone who has read my most recent article on Scented Pansy. Shout out to all those haters on Reddit who told me I had a terrible analogy when I compared my job to my dad's job. Shout out to that one person on Reddit who defended me when I got these bad analogy trolling comments, but then halfway through arguing for me started agreeing with the people trolling. Okay, I I never ask anyone to defend me. You live your life however you want, but I guess if you are going to defend me, don't after one hour start agreeing with the people trolling me. Shout out to that one Bay Area Asian polyamorous only group chat that I'm in who has been nothing but supportive of me being both a sex worker and polyamorous. Last but not least, shout out to my lover. I really enjoyed going to Guam with you. I enjoyed our layover in Hawaii and I cannot wait to spend my first time in Oregon with you and I am definitely going to make it rain on some hot ass strippers in Portland. And thank you listeners for supporting this podcast. One of my patrons recently unsubscribed from my Patreon, so unfortunately I must bid my highest tier patron adieu. I hope you return. My Patreon tiers start from $1 a month to $150 a month. I cannot reiterate enough that Pro Cuddle Hustle is a passion project for me. Your patronage is not only supporting me, but the current and aspiring professional cuddlers who listen to Pro Cuddle Hustle. If you haven't already, please leave me a positive review on Spotify. Perhaps I'll read your review in a future episode. Please follow Pro Cuddle Hustle on all socials. I manage two different Facebook groups, Ask a Professional Cuddler and Professional Cuddlers and SW Only. Please only join the latter if you are a pro cuddler or sex worker. Please send me Uber Eats gift cards and Airbnb gift cards because I do travel a lot for work. Unlike my boyfriend's job, I don't have a manager who reimburses all of my expenses. Instead, I have the IRS breathing down my neck. My email address is felicityazra at gmail.com. Like with every other episode, the outline for this podcast will be for free on my Patreon as most things on my Patreon are free. I am still accepting bookings for Fanime in San Jose during the last weekend of May. I've already had one photographer contact me to schedule a shoot. All of my cosplays are finally here. I have tried on my Miss Nagatoro and Sailor Mars costumes. I look very cute. I've yet to try on my Princess Peach and Rosalina costumes, but I already know I'll look fantastic. Please book me for Fanime. I'm a model. I'm a professional cuddler. I'm a dominatrix, massage therapist. I cannot say whether or not I'll be stripping or if I'll be a hostess or go-go dancer or any of the other contracted work. During that time, been about a month since I last stripped and the lounge I was planning on auditioning to become a 
hostess at is now relocating. Oh well. I'm currently in the process of writing a diary entry for FetLife because I did audition at one strip club in Guam. I'll probably make an audio file with my boyfriend and we can talk together about what that was like. It was my first time auditioning at a strip club outside of the San Francisco Bay Area. It was also his first time at a strip club in Guam in about 10 years. And before I forget, if you want to book me, screening and deposits are mandatory. Vaccination and negative COVID tests are required. Please be boosted. Longer bookings will be prioritized. I'm in calls and out calls for anime. I accept deposits through Venmo, Cash App, and Patreon. Catch y'all later. You have been listening to episode 18 of Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast.